Well, hi there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money with Ron Hebert, the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gordon Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, we talk about a lot of different areas of investing in the past year and a half on making money. This time we want to talk in one that we've nibbled at the edge on this. We brought it up in one of our previous episodes, but we didn't do anything in depth on investing in IPOs, initial public offerings. Lots of people would like to get the opportunity to do that. That's one thing we did talk about is like, you got to know somebody, it seems. But I'll leave the floor to you. Well, first of all, let's talk about what an IPO is. A company that's private, it might have a couple of shareholders, or it might, frankly, just have been started by one individual and they provided all the capital to it. Well, they decide they want to go public. They want to trade on a stock exchange and they want to have lots of shareholders. Generally, publicly traded companies have a lot more access to capital than private companies do. There's a lot more PR. You start having analysts giving you coverage. So the birth process of a small company is after they reach a certain point, most of them decide if they're not sold to someone else, that they're, they're in their career as they get bigger, they're going to go public. So there's different types. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the importance of using a checklist. And then next show, because this is a big, big topic. It's like an iceberg where a lot of what you need to know is kind of below the surface. We're going to go through and itemize the questions you need to ask that literally, if you're looking at an IPO, you go down the checklist. I have about 10 questions. You ask them. And these questions, if you get the answers, will tell you A, how much risk you're taking, and B, whether that amount of risk is, is worth the price they're currently being offered at. So this is what I would call an investment primer in how to invest in preferred shares. So we've got lots to talk about here today. So I, I've heard the term used, and I think we touched on this before. Oh, I, I know I'm on the president's list. That's the... <laughs> That's the key to the kingdom, isn't it? Often you'll get president's lists. It's been my experience in mining companies, small oil and gas companies, or companies where you know the founder. And the, the founder will say, you know, I've known you for a long time. Uh, you used to cut my grass or you helped me fix my fence. I'll include you in on the new issue. I'll get, I'll get you shares at the new issue price and I'll register your name with the brokerage firm that's doing the selling, and that's called the president's list. That's the list of people that shares have been allocated and set aside for them, so they're not gonna run off and sell them to somebody else. So that is, and that's a common procedure, is it not? As you say, it's in selected companies. Often the really small companies that are the mom and pa companies that were started by someone down the block from you that maybe you know them at work or, you work for them and they had a great idea. They went on their own, created a private company, uh, got a little bit of venture financing, and eventually you're at the point where they're planning on taking it public. And because they know you or you know them, they will allocate some shares and set them aside. And president's lists can mean two things. Number one, that nobody else wants to buy this. So they're looking at you and say, hey, I got a great deal for you, this <laughs> boy, president. Boy, do I have a deal for you. Yeah, boy, do I have a deal for you. Or some of these issues are red hot. I've been on president's lists where 
the offering has been red hot. And often you'll get that, for example, mining stocks are red hot during a mining boom. Oil and gas stocks are red hot during an oil and gas boom. So if you're in a red hot part of the cycle and you're on a president's list, that can be a very good thing. But if you're in the part of the cycle where it's like going to a party with a skunk tied around your neck, it might not be such a good thing. It's just a, it's just a way to hang some shares on somebody that uh, happens to know you. Obviously, it can be very quiet at the neighborhood uh, parties <laughs> if, if they've hung all these shares around everybody else's neck and so, they've gone down. So how? Uh, let's take the other side of this. I'm an investor. I've got an account at a brokerage firm. Is there an opportunity where my broker is going to say to me, look, we have a public offering coming up. Is, is that something that happens on a regular basis or an infrequent basis? Often, especially with initial public offerings, com companies are raising capital all the time, especially if they, you know, if a pipeline company is going to expand and build another pipeline, often they'll raise capital through the stock market. So you can get a chance to buy their new issue shares. But initial public offerings have been kind of quiet the last few years because COVID, everybody's been afraid. But since the summer, that market has gotten red hot again. And the stock market as a whole has been red hot, especially the tech sector. So we've seen a lot of tech initial public offerings. So that market is starting to heat up. And I mean, the other day there was a company called Snowflake and they have some software solutions. That stock opened up, I think, 80% higher than the new issue price. So all of a sudden, when you start getting a few issues like that, where they come out and on the first day you've made 80%, everybody wants to own them. And that is a good time to be in them if you get in in the initial ones, but it can also be a tough time to own them because it's telling you the market is, the market is, investors are so hungry for things that they buy just about everything. I can remember back to the days when, when Google went public as an example, right? And that, and that the excitement around that, and when the initial price came out, it was pretty substantive, right? The, the price was up there, but then from that point on, it just took off and ran. And that's the charm of the new issue, is that if you get one of the few that has the run to the moon, you know, you're always seeing ads in financial journals about someone who bought Amazon at the beginning, or Berkshire Hathaway, or when, Apple, or, or Apple, yeah. you know, or when Warren Buffett actually came in. I met a guy who's a doctor in Omaha, Nebraska, and in the early stages, Warren Buffett was trying to raise capital, so he went and sat in this guy's living room, and the guy ended up writing a check to Warren Buffett for the initial public offering, wrote him a check for a hundred grand, and boy, what's that worth today? Oh, <laughs> I can't even begin to do the math on that one. So. Uh, Initial public offerings, if you hitch your wagon onto the right train, they can be phenomenally remunerative for you. But unless well, I think the cautionary note is you're talking about the tech sector. You're saying that the tech sector's gotten red hot again. But, Ron, you and I have been around for a couple of days. We've seen a lot of tech bubbles yeah. that have gone the other way, too. I remember walking to work when the gutters were filled with tech stock. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you must approach with caution, and I guess that's something we'll get into when we talk about this checklist that you mentioned. So is there anything else that we really want to have a heads up about investing in IPOs? Well, we'll talk about opportunities. So you said, can I get my broker? 
to uh, put me on a list. Yeah, you can. But if it's real hot market, to be honest with you, generally the new issues go to the big guys, the really good ones. And there might be a minimal amount left for your broker. And if your broker is a, new, uh, a newbie in the office, he's probably not going to get any. So, so when you say the big guys, you mean like to the institutional accounts? Is that Institutions, pension funds, the guys that pay most of the freight for investment firms. They're the guys that buy most things, that trade most things. And because they generate the most revenue, usually they're given first crack at these things. So if you can't, and we'll talk more about this later, but if you can't get in on the new issue, consider buying in the first couple of days of trading if the price hasn't risen too much. Or frankly, look at something like an IPO ETF. There's exchange traded funds. There's one on New York. It's appropriately titled IPO. <laughs> well, that, that would make sense. I wonder how much of a brain session they had sitting around trying to come up uh, with, with that name. That huh? that. So uh, IPO, for example, if you don't want to try and get new issues or, or trying to get in there and buy them on the first day or two, that's what these guys do. So there are ways that if, if you don't want the, the hoi polloi of trying to get in there and do it yourself, uh, you can turn it over, invest your money in the IPO and let them do it. Or as you say, pay attention to it. If it doesn't run away and go to the moon right off the chute, maybe that's an opportunity for you to dip your toes in the water and, and see what's happening. So now you've talked about this checklist. We want to do another show on that because there are a lot of questions you have to ask here, correct? There's a lot of questions that, uh, that you have to ask. And there's an importance of having a checklist because typically there's a lot of hype that goes with IPOs. You know, they're always going to the moon. If you go to the chat rooms, often there's people in there that are putting comments in about that particular company, about its red hot and its prospects and so on. So unless you've got a checklist where you can go through and in a disciplined fashion, screen through the major things that you've got to ask yourself and that screening process will help you separate the winners from the losers and will take a lot of the emotion out of the decision. So we're going to spend an entire show just on IPO checklist because it'll help make the difference between making money when you participate in the IPO market or losing your shirt. Okay, so... Next show, important. If you're thinking about IPOs, you want to know what this checklist is constituted from, Ron will have that advice for you. Again, if you have a question for us, please do forward it to us. You can reach us through our website at letsmakemoney.ca. It'll come directly to our inbox, or you can also reach us through our friends at cfcw.com. Don't forget Ron's Money Minute is heard twice daily on CFCW. And you can also get those Money Minutes and in... Uh, well, hopefully the not-too-distant future, all episodes of Making Money delivered through Spotify or Apple iTunes. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you next time with that IPO checklist on Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.